Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Well, back from vacation, sickness, break, whatever you want to call our, our first time ever we take a break. So Yeah, just falling off. I missed you guys. I missed them. I, missed I met you listeners. too. I don't know if I met the loyal listeners. I just met you guys. Oh, I missed you guys too. I missed the loyal listeners. Um, we did go on a holiday. Today is Tuesday, April 12th in the year of our Lord 2022. And we did go on a holiday last week. And it may have been the worst timing ever. Truth. Yeah, probably. Or maybe the best timing because we got to take it all in. We did we yeah. didn't get a chance to take it all in. That is correct. So we've got a lot to recap uh we got masters talk the masters finished up on sunday um as jim would call it the madness the madness and we reveal the winners which we've already revealed through the social media of our bracket challenges and the men's and women's side <sighs> there's a little little precursor there a preface yep. to uh, a winner uh lots of nfl news the good the bad and the tragic to come yeah we have a new segment making its debut on this episode and it is massive massive <laughs> all right uh bob huggins is inducted into the college basketball hall of fame shout well out deserved. any 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 notes you want to give to the world on bob huggins introduction oh, into gosh. the hall of fame nope it's just well deserved did he win a national title no. So how's it well deserved? Because he won a lot of freaking games. Okay. I guess WVU fans just settle. You're right. My fault. No, we know we're not going to actually win a national title, so we just get excited about winning lots of games. Okay. He made it to a Final is, Four. This is not the first team he's taken to a Final Four, correct? Yeah, no, I think he took Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two Final so, Fours. It's not bad. Is, is that like is that the prerequisite in your mind, Jim, that they have to win a national title to be in the Hall of Fame? I just want to know what makes you well deserved. We win a lot of games. Okay. He's won more. He's like three or four on the all time coaching wins list. I just asked. I okay. just wondering. All right. Uh, anything else before we get into Masters talk, gents? No, nah, I'm good. Let's let's start down that golf train that I've been getting 17 notifications a day on this weekend. I don't know why you turn those on, but let's go. He's won 916 games. Okay. He's in fourth place behind Jim Calhoun, who won 920. Roy Williams and Coach K? No. I mean to Jim start Bayheim. Jim Beheim. Jim Beheim's too. Yeah, that's correct. Yes, and Coach K. So I just want to give you an exact number. Just defense. That's fair. Golf. Let's go. This past week was a tradition unlike any other, the Masters. Uh, and in case you were living under a rock, you know that Tiger Woods returned to the course 500 some on days after shattering his leg and potentially almost losing his life in an automobile accident. Um, oddly enough, 
his biggest competition throughout his career uh, that's still on the tour, Phil Mickelson, uh, was not at Augusta National this week. Took some time away from golf um, to refocus himself, spend some time with his family, uh, catch the, the bug again for loving golf. He was also caught in the Saudi League discussion um, and said some things that he may not be able to take back as easily as he wanted. So uh, took a little bit of a backseat. As usual, the pomp and circumstance of the Masters is in the week leading up to the Masters as well as this tournament, including the Youth Drive Chip and Putt Championships, which were last Sunday. Is that always a thing? Yeah. Yeah, Muff, I gotta, I gotta slow you down a minute. I have lots of questions throughout this. I'm gonna try not to slow down this giant long talk. But like, one, did Phil literally sit this out because he was? Is a PR nightmare for him to come out? He has not been playing for weeks now. This is this is just a culmination of that. It's the first major championship of the year, so it's the first major event he's missed. But are we saying he's ducking the PR? I believe his last statement was, I'm taking time away from golf to focus on my family and blah. Like it was, it, it was, it was a graceful bow out of uh, maybe it's not best for me to be on the tour right now. And then to, to Alex's point, does this putt chip competition happen every year? Yes. It's like punt pass kick, but yes, it's golf. the, it's yes. It's the, it's the punt pack pass kick of golf. How does a, a child kid get into that they have to win their regional qualifier so wherever that would be most close to you there may be one in columbus there may be how old are you they have various age groups i believe the youngest is eight nine maybe okay get your kids out on the links yeah all right work for that scholarship okay thank you carry on And then culminating with the Champions Dinner on Wednesday night before the uh, tournament this year, Hideki Matsuyama, again, the first Japanese-born player to win the Masters, was the host for the dinner. And there was a lot of... um, a lot of a lot of good good discussion about that. Uh, he gave a good speech, which was interesting for everyone there because it was also through an interpreter. So there was a lot that was going back and forth. It was pretty interesting. What um, if but the it, interpreter just started making stuff up? I think about that all the time. Like I'm up there like trying to say something nice, and he's like, and he said, "Y'all smell like butt," because he couldn't even tell you. Like, no, that's not what he said. I mean, he could. He speaks some English. He's just not fluent. I guess you're right. Sorry, that just went through my head. I'm paying attention, I promise. Go back. You are. You are. Interject all you want about the Masters, gentlemen. Um, I learned something new this year, that each player gets a Masters ball marker slash token that has the number that's designated for them for the week. Um, So they get one through however many people are in the field. And last year's winner always gets the number one. Is also the number that, that their caddy wears on the caddy jacket. Cool. So that was new, but they get one every year. So every year they're there, they get to, they collect tokens. It's like Pokemon. Got to catch them all. Maybe in that vein, Muff, I -hmm. was, I watched some masters a lot today. Um, My understanding is you have to be invited or be a previous champion. Is that true? Yes. You have to be invited, whether through it's an exemption. So if you win certain tournaments, you get an exemption. Um, or every player that's ever won is invited back to play for as long as they want to. Who does the inviting? The Masters Golf Club. So this is the not, Masters I understand Trust. it's, 
I understand it's a major, mm-hmm. but to me, the PGA doesn't really have a lot of say. Yes, am the I, PGA am I wrong here? The, no, the PGA still has say because the PGA does dictate the field, if you want to say. So um, if you win certain tournaments, then you're in. If so, for example, if you win the Masters, you're exempt for life and you also get exemptions to like the British Open for two years, the PGA for three years and the US Open for four years. That's not exactly what it is, but winning these tournaments gets you exemption to other tournaments um, to qualify. Okay. It just felt like, and I'm just, you know, a novice here. It felt like the Masters was running the show for the PGA. Like they weren't, they were in the background. Well, you got to remember, this is also the only major championship that is at the same venue every year. So there is, that is a unique piece to this whole pie um, because they have more power than any other major tournament because it's them. Gotcha. Uh, Leading into Masters Thursday, I wrote a poem. It was exciting for me. It was the night before the Masters. You can look it up on the Twitter I spent way more time than I should have doing it. Yeah. But yeah. we'll continue to use it. Uh, moving into the actual golf. Clink. Ching. Thursday. Kudos to you, Alex. That was a good. I like the golf noise. Thank you. Thursday and Friday were Tiger Mania as Tiger was returns. Uh, but the news is really, to me, those that didn't make the cut because Tiger anything he did in this was going to be gravy for the world. Um, those that didn't make the cut notables, Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Xander Shoffley, and the big guy, Jim did not make the cut in this one. And these are, I know the big guy also did some traveling abroad to play golf. Many, in the, many in the PGA travel for golf. But I mean, the Saudi Arabia thing. He's, he's names associated, but not like Phil Nicholson was. Okay. I don't feel like these guys tried to make a major run at, at the at the yeah the Masters. Well, they didn't make it, they didn't make a cut. They didn't even get to play. I mean the the, the lead up. I don't feel like they like they were that all in on this one. Uh, I'm gonna disagree. Okay, they all, they all gear up for the major tournaments. Uh, the funny story with Bryson DeChambeau is he once posted that the core was a the course was a par 67. It's actually a par 72 for him because he hits the ball so far. Um, the funny part here is that 63-year-old Larry Mize, playing in his last Masters as a former champion, averages 230 yards off the tee. Bryson averages 310 yards off the tee. Larry Mize beat Bryson. Laws to golf. That a 63-year-old can beat a 20-some-year-old who hits the ball much farther. So he... So my problem with this is that I, for the first year, tried to really get into the Masters. I think mm-hmm. I love the pageantry of it and stuff. And I will watch, you know, whenever it gets to the last playoff, but I've never written into it. So this year I was like, I'm going to get into it by placing some bets on golf. And then pretty much I bet on, unfortunately, the people that I knew, <laughs> almost all of which got cut the first day. So I was reading for Colin Morikawa. He made it to the weekend. It. That was my only hope. Yeah, that was my only hope. I had I, the other people I had that Victor Hovland and Patrick Cantlay, and they both made the cut, but they were kind of <laughs> out of it. So yeah, I tried. Try again next year. Next year I'll do a little more, a little more leg work. Hey, you know, or just ask me next time before you make bets. That's probably for the best. 
throughout getting into the weekend, it should come as no surprise that Scotty Scheffler, the current world number one, has been dominating so far this year, has won three of his last five starts going into the Masters, um, jumped out to the lead going into the weekend and held a three-shot lead going into Sunday, despite almost taking a big old goose, well, L, not a goose egg, an L on the 18th Saturday after having to take an unplayable lie. Uh, young Aussie Cameron Smith had a great Saturday round to work himself into the final pairing on Sunday, three shots behind Scheffler, who went into Sunday at nine under par, Smith at three, at six under par. So this gets us into Sunday. I want to know, you two, what did you watch on Sunday? What were your thoughts? So okay. I want to comment on a couple things. Okay. Um, that Cam, Cameron Smith, yep. he fell to shit. He fell apart. Calm, right? He's from Australia. Calm. He's an, an, an Aussie. Okay. Either way, he fell, he fell to shit. Like his... I don't feel like his headspace is clean enough yet to win that one. That's just an outsider looking in. Like hitting your club off the ground a couple of times as your game's falling apart. Like, I don't think that's the place to do it. I might be wrong, but like that to me is like the granddaddy of them all. I don't think that you're supposed to do that. That's not the proper etiquette. Am I right? Am I wrong here, Muff? I mean, there's there's a level of etiquette. He's not the first person to bang his club off the ground in disgust or in anger. So, At I mean, the Masters? It yeah, it happens. Okay. Tiger's, Tiger's done it. But he's freaking Tiger. He's uh, not see, a guy with a mullet. <laughs> so that's what makes like, I feel like walking that's, in, that's you what, have a mullet. That's what makes like him You're, you're rebelling it. and you're good, okay? I get what you're doing. You have a mullet. You're kind of thumbing your nose at the establishment. I see you. Good for you. But like your game's gotta back it up. You're kind of falling apart. Let's not make an ass of ourselves out there. So the mullet is what makes this a problem. Well, if you're gonna rock the mullet, rock the mullet and like show that you're you're supposed to wear the mullet. Isn't isn't that the most mullet thing to do? Tony Mar- Tony Martino <laughs> is to is to act a fool. Now nah, if then you go all out, you don't throw a little pissy baby fit. That's my opinion. Anyway, let me move on here. Uh I'm gonna go to my boy Roy. That last uh, shot, Rory. Yeah, Rory, Muff. I play, there's a my rules here. <laughs> that last shot on 18. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you made that ball do that. I have well, no idea. It was the undulation of the greens that made it? Do I don't that give game. a shit. Undulation of the greens, Jim. It was that the undulation ball, of the greens. That ball <laughs> took a hard left. Down the hill. It was, like a, it was like a robot was in that ball. I don't care. Like a cha-cha slide. Um, to the left. Left. <laughs> that was the Cupid shuffle. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm super hip. I also uh, want to talk about um, Mr. Yellow Pants. Justin Thomas. I did not realize he had such a relationship with Tiger Woods. Watched a lot of pre-show about him and his practice rounds. Or his practice putting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched this man practice, but I thought I was watching the Masters. True confession. You're watching the Golf Channel's early coverage. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that man practice putt for probably half an hour. It You're was like, ridiculous. Like, this is not good. He's at like a plus seven. <laughs> no, I was like, why is he practice putting so much? But like, it got interesting. And I, like, I started getting sucked into the technique. Like, 
he was putting to this coin and then to this coin and then to this coin. And, then, and they're like, he does it this way. And I was like, okay. And then he, he goes, goes the other direction. I was like, all right. And he's like, so that he can get the feel of up and down. I was like, that makes sense. And then he was like, then he does it real fast. I was like, why? And like, I just started getting bought into like, it was like discovery channel for me, you know, <laughs> by the time I was over, it was 30 minutes. And then they would talk about his relationship with Tiger Woods and Tiger Woods thinks he's like a brother slash son slash brother to his son. It was like, I just got all confused. It would be the same thing as son. I got confused. Oh, no. If it's Tiger Fizz and look at his brother, then he'd be an uncle. Yes, but it's a brother. You know what I mean? But he's I'm my own grandpa. His son. I'm my own grandpa. Okay, by the time it was over. <laughs> and then my last thing, Scotty hmm. Scheffler, you're going to have to explain to me the whole drama he didn't i understand he's number one golfer in the world and yeah he beat the shit out of that that course he was underwhelming okay there we go alex any any thoughts before i i give a breakdown here I'm not gonna lie i didn't watch any today or okay. sunday i did watch up to this point but i just kind of decided that chef was gonna win and yeah that's pretty solid some yeah. assessment you had there. All right. So uh, uh, going into Sunday, Scotty Shuffler starts out a little shaky for a few holes. Uh, he does get a favorable ruling on number three uh, that led it to a chip in birdie jump starting his round. Now, I had some banter with uh, golf guru Garrett on this. Um, this is one of those rules in golf uh, that golfers use to their advantage. Scotty Scheffler put one wide left on hole number three. Uh, so far left that he was in the trees and behind a scoreboard, a large scoreboard that's to the left of number three is green. Um, And because it is a man-made object, he gets relief from said scoreboard and was able to move his ball far enough from behind it that he had a clear shot to the green. Um, Now he still did not, that's not what he chipped in, but it was a whole hell of a lot easier than chipping from behind a large scoreboard and through trees. Um, golf guru Garrett and I had the discussion that uh, this is where golf needs to catch up with the times because theoretically a player can hit the ball in the middle of the fairway and be stuck in another player's divot that was not replaced well. And they would have to play it as it lied from the middle of the fairway in a divot. Whereas if you hit the ball 50 to 60 yards left, and you're behind the scoreboard, you get relief from said scoreboard. So this to me is one of those rules that the, the golfers use to help them. Well, I'm, I'm, I would just hit it behind the scoreboard on purpose. Well, they, they weren't trying to. But that's my thought. And then I get to play it an easier play. Well, it's easier than being behind the scoreboard. He was still like in the pine straw. It wasn't like he was in the fairway. Oh, yeah. Okay. It wasn't like he got to move well, I'm not a very good golfer. So it might yeah. still be just as easy for fairway versus pine straw, yeah. but a little closer. Jim, where does this put golfers in the, uh, in the hierarchy of cheating bastards? Is it a rule? It's a rule. I don't have any problem with it. Okay. Anyway, Cameron Smith does make a run late on the front nine and the early as the back nine begins going into 12, which Jim has already alluded to only down three and then makes the mistake that countless others have made before him putting one into Ray's Creek on his way to a triple bogey six that took him out of the race. Roy McIlroy. Himself out of the race. There was, I, wasn't it the hole before where like he had, he had him within his grasp. 
Yeah, he birdied. He birdied eleven. Went to twelve, down three. Had some momentum, and then put it into the creek. He was kind of, and I think the commentator said like there was fatigue. You could see he had he had either mentally or physically grown tired. Well, once he did that, he knew that it was out of reach. Like that was the thing. Like he knew that he was not going to catch up, and I think he just mentally was like, "Well, I'm not going to win. I'm just going to." go for all like the shots that not smart shots and that led to his demise it wasn't like he was playing smart so So to to my point though muff like about mm -hmm. the whole mullet and screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna bang my club on the ground i'm not gonna lie i really don't give a rat's ass if you're if i'm playing you or like my worst enemy if you're leading by nine strokes and I just screwed the pooch. I'm gonna mess with you then. Okay. Well, that's that's the etiquette and gentleman part of golf that you don't. If I have a mullet and I'm there and I'm mad and I'm banging my club on the ground, I'm gonna rock. What are you gonna do? Me. What are you gonna do? You're gonna hear me. You're gonna hear me. You I'm gonna make out, that time. You? I'm gonna make that time miserable for everyone around me. Tiger Woods did that. He just never talked to anybody. He was just like stone cold, ice cold. He wouldn't talk. I'm going to the other way, man. I'm going to be the like loudest, out angriest loud? mother. Yeah, you can you you could get in trouble for that, Jim. Oh, I'm going to skirt those rules so tight. You're not. Did you did you know there's a fine for running? Like if you run, you don't have to worry about stuff. me running, Alex. I don't. <laughs> like, also, I love that every time Jim brings him up, it's the mullet. <laughs> like that. It's, it's, always, it's always what it comes down to. It's the I don't feel like he rocked it the appropriate way. That's how he always rocks it. He's an Aussie dude. He's like party Listen, boy. He's like the party, I'm not saying like the the party kid was from wrong. Australia. I'm saying that if you're going to do it like he's doing it, and you're going to get pissed, break the club. That's true. Mess, mess with the winner. It's like this, it's are like you just trying to make Hart him like John or, John Daly in your mind. Is that what yeah. you're trying to compare him to? Okay. Yeah, if you're gonna go out, go out in style. Well, I feel like it's like the Chris Rock and not Kevin Hart. Chris Rock, Will Smith. Don't slap him. Just punch him. If you're gonna just go in the punch head, him. Just punch him. If we're gonna if we're going down the Will Smith route. We have missed some some weeks, so let's we'll hit that okay. up here too. Uh, Royal Ma- Rory McIlroy <laughs> posts the only bogey free round of the week from all golfers in the field, firing eight under sixty four as he finishes solo second. Sheffield continues his dominant run the season, finishing at ten under. Although he did four putt the last hole like a amateur and a regular human being um but the good news is is he was winning by five strokes going into that uh scheffler's now won four of his last six tournament starts and really is showing no signs of stopping as the current world number one um jim scotty scheffler not your champion it sounds like i can't say that i dislike him i don't say i can't say i like him he's just underwhelming guy i will say i appreciate that he he doesn't get rattled He's just normal, so you don't like. He's just a normal guy. Like, yeah, he's also like 25, 26. If that's true, he does not look that. He is super, super young. He looks like Um, me and you out there. So, yourselves. (laughs) Up until up until this year, he had not won a tournament. He's been in the tour for like four three or four or five years something like that and not won a tournament until this year and he's won four of his first six starts of the season he's 25 years old jeez the masters feels like a giant mental head screwing 
he does look so much older than 25. Right? Also, do you want to know what his purse is? That's, I think two, that's how much money he has. 2.7. 2.2 or 2.7? You're way short. Oh, no. The winning the Masters is 2.7. Oh, oh. His, the, total, his total yearly purse is the probably the number you're looking at. Wait, is that what? Oh, never mind. It, that's just for the Masters. The total purse is 11500000 Yeah, that's total payouts. But that splits between not just everybody. The yeah, that's everybody that makes the cut. Never mind. Yeah. Then. Winner gets 2.7, I believe. Yeah, 2.7, yep. I'm yep. disappointed in Muff for a second. Because we've done all this talk about golf, mm-hmm. and it was just a blurb about Tiger. Like, are we really a, a podcast if we don't, like, put on our time on Tiger? Everybody else has. That's what makes us different. We're not like everybody else. Hey, okay. t- Tiger, Tiger did not end well. Tiger did not end the week well, although he does have the admiration of everybody on the we golf saw him world. on Sunday, didn't we? Did see him on Sunday. Wasn't he like limping around today a little bit? He was limping around all weekend. He... I tell you what, you go roll your car and then see me in a year and play golf at the Masters. Let's see if you limp on Sunday. <laughs> I don't know. I think he was just playing it up. Once the worse he started golfing, the more the limp came. You think he was rigged? Yeah, not rigged. I think so he was it's just, not like you know, me over there. It's like when you're like when you're in trouble. And like all of a sudden, like oh, ow, oh, I hit my knee on the door on my way out. Dad, no, quit yelling! It really hurt. It really hurts. <laughs> uh, but no, Tiger uh, did have a noticeable limp throughout the whole week. He was using clubs to serve as a walking aid at times. Uh, is that allowed? Did he get fined? No. Augusta this National Golf Club is one of the is one of the most difficult walks on the tour. Why don't they ride in carts? Oh, gee, now you've done it. I don't the professionals ride in golf carts, Alex. Yes. The same reason that Cameron Smith does not yell <laughs> at people throughout the whole tournament. Mm. So like he can't be like, Wow. Not allowed. That was my golf cart noise. I don't even I don't even think throughout like the year that I... you can I don't think you can have a golf right. cart on the course like at Augusta yeah. National ever. Yes, you can. As a player, ever I saw him like getting driven from the practice green to the. I meant when you're playing, Jim. I think it's one of those oh. clubs where you have to have like a caddy with you, and you have to walk, and unless you have like you know some type of you're an ADA disability for fat people like me. Easy. I don't know if I can walk it. Or maybe people may have like hip issues. I don't know, Alex. <laughs> Let's put a bow on golf and get to the, the madness. So that was the Masters. Thank you for coming along this joyful ride. Stay tuned next year whenever I share the poem again. It was the night before the Masters and all through the house. And take us into the madness, Jim. The madness. Masters and madness. The Masters madness. On to the final four. We did not get a chance to talk about this. May have been for the better at the time for me. Um, we'll do real quickly what got us Thank to the championship God. game. Real quickly what got us to the championship game. Uh, first, you had Villanova taking on Kansas. Kansas jumped out early in that one uh, and really never let Villanova back in that game, holding Colin Gillespie in check most of the game on route to the Workman, like 81-65 win over Villanova. Rock Chalk Jayhawk in full effect, only number one seed that made it to the Final Four, and they don't disappoint. They make it to the championship game. In the game, 
of games in the final four. Duke versus North Carolina, setting the stage. First, I want to know what you two were thinking going into this game. Duke, North Carolina, final four, semifinal matchup. What day was that on? It been on Saturday. Uh, I was thinking WrestleMania. I was thinking <laughs> I wanted – I was actually rooting for UNC here just as the eight seed underdog, and I usually root for UNC versus Duke. Um I had a lot of people being like, oh, how can you not root for Coach K that you want him to go out on top? I'm like, the man's won a lot. I mean, in the scheme of things, never mind. That's more my afterthought. Go ahead and recap the game, Muff, and I'll give my afterthought. Okay. Oh, you have an afterthought, too? Okay. Caleb Love, with another huge second half in this one, as he's done throughout most of the tournament, uh, has another three-point dagger late in the second half to lift the Tar Heels to the championship game, setting Coach K into retirement with an 81-77 win. In Nolens, <clears throat> fouls for the big men was the theme for the night. Baycott of North Carolina, Theo John for Duke, foul out. Duke's Michael Williams has four. UNC, hands Coach K his first career loss. If you're looking back in the history of Coach K, his first loss was North Carolina. His last home game was a loss to North Carolina. And his last loss in the tournament, also to North Carolina. Coach K ends with a 50-50 and 50 career record versus North Carolina. That's pretty funny. That is funny. I'm okay with it. I'll let it ride. So now that we know we talked about the end result, I'm gonna quickly interject with my my thought. I feel like I'm gonna stick up for Coach K a little bit. I think that the Coach K haters of the world. Go ahead and mute him. Just mute him. Oh no, I want to hear it just for a second. No, no. I just am saying that I think that there's a lot of Coach K haters in the world, which is fair. It's fine. He's a figurehead that can neither be loved or hated i think that some people were like well, that ruins his legacy that this that i'm like does it no, the man's won 1200 basketball games he's won how many national championships he's had how many players in the nba yeah it was real shitty to go out losing a on your home court versus your rival and then in the final four against your rival and unc will forever get to hold that over them and that's great but i think that people that are like it puts a bad mark on his legacy or a little off base because if this happened any other season it would suck but we wouldn't be downing him for it that said i'm not a huge coach k fan i'm i think he's a good basketball coach obviously you can't take that from him you look at his record you can't take it from him period like him don't like him he's a good basketball coach that's fair i agree with you okay i was gonna say i don't think i'm gonna get muted on this i don't think i'm off base completely that's a fair point Okay. okay. All right. Let's not forget, though. It was all about the kids on the floor. It was. That's what it was all about. It's all about the kids. It's all been about that for Coach K all year. TNT apparently did not think so because at Sheeny Mac, made the, that they cut the camera to Coach K 54 times throughout the game. Uh, In addition to they did his full walk walkout from, remember, this is in a in the super, in the super time. It looked like he was walking a 5K and they followed him every step of the way from the locker room to the court. And I was like, this man does not look like he's having an excited time that people are filming him walking. To the oh, court. no. And he already can't get around super well. I mean, he obviously right. has arthritis and something, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is fair. But yeah. He I will say I was happy that when I watched them win, they I do feel like they focused still on UNC. 
like there was the, I think they did a good job of not making it the coach K is out and they did the UNC has won. And then they focused on the post game, which you expected. Yeah, exactly. That I don't have a problem with, but in the moment they gave UNC their airtime of we won. Right. Uh, Coach K's grandson won an award in the final four as the, the, the player with the highest GPA of all elite eight teams. And the best designated driver. <laughs> you think Bingo. he had a really well, uh, a really well paid tutor? <laughs> I'm not even going that far. I just was going. What was there, Lori McLaughlin or whatever? Yeah, I just, I just, yeah. the admission scandals. <laughs> he earned it in the classroom, Alex. He earned it mm-hmm. um, on and off the court. Kids. Yeah, <laughs> it's always about the kids. Um, for North Carolina, the big news in this game was Armando Baycott's ankle injury, uh, which does rear its ugly head in the championship game as well. Which brings us to the championship final, the game of games in New Orleans in the Superdome. Kansas goes up early. North Carolina storms back, thanks to Armando Baycott, who did play in this game for pretty much the entirety of the game. Uh, in the first half to go into the break, North Carolina up by 15 matching the largest lead ever. Also, graphic insert before they go into halftime, North Carolina's 21-0 this season when leading at halftime. <clears throat> Kiss of Death tweeted out by me through the sports stuff, <sighs> <Jim Hoff> accounts. <laughs> I put it out into the world because I was like, this is not good. Everything about this screams bad. Um, in the second half, Kansas used a balance attack, keeping the defensive clamps on Caleb Love, who shot like poo all game. Uh, both teams... Did have foul trouble. Um, I think the biggest issue on the floor was Leaky Black from North Carolina having to sit out most of the second half because he's the best defensive player. And he probably would have been put on Remy Martin of Kansas, who hit a lot of timely freeze threes to lead Kansas to charge to overcome the largest deficit in championship history and pull out the 72 to 69 win. Alex, as a Big 12 fan, how were you feeling? Um. I was feeling actually a little bit torn because at that point, I, I think I was rooting for UNC deep down there in eight seed. Um, and I have a lot of people that like UNC, but also Rock Chalk Jayhawk, Big 12, best conference in basketball. The Kansas City Jayhawks? We'll get yeah. there, buddy. We'll get there. Um, Mark Emmert Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I will say for from my perspective, Kansas did have the better team overall. Um, because not any one player stood out from them throughout the game. Reby Martin hit some threes, but every player did something for them uh, throughout that game. Even, you know, arguably the best player in college basketball, Oche Agbaji, um, did not necessarily stand out, but still had a solid game. Um, so for me, that was good. Uh, <clears throat> which brings us to the end of the game. In the last few minutes, where the Armando Baycott went down with an ankle injury driving to the hoop. Do we think this is a floor issue? We'll yeah, it. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I had to watch it a bunch of times to see if it was like an eye trick or if it was real, but it looks pretty real. Yeah, it looked pretty real. And allegedly, that is also a similar spot where Caleb Love turned his ankle earlier in the game um, and where Manic also uh, fell in the last play of the game. So basically what you're saying is only UNC players were stupid enough to keep falling in that hole. Apparently they had a magnet. There's a magnet on their Jordans that went straight to that floorboard. <laughs> but that's pretty, it's pretty bad. Now, Armando Baycott also was already had a pretty weak ankle from 
Saturday night in this game, but uh, that was that was all bad. It was bad timing for that as well because uh, that was the game was still really tight. Um, so yeah, that really took the wind out of it. Yeah, once he went out. Uh, a little bit of a betting recap. I have no idea how you finished, Alex. I I, I was two zero in the final four. How about in the championship game? Oh, I was I was one. In, I won. One and zero. UNC to cover. And they covered. Yeah. You can uh, find that winning percentage there, Alex, if you would like okay. to. Did you change the number? I just it's twenty nine out of thirty two. That is why I am at. Well, guys, to update, I went 29 and 32. Wait, 29 divided by 61. Sorry, just yeah, you're, it's a 475. That's a 475 winning percentage. Thank you. I got it. I was like 29 divided by 32. I'm a 900 average. I'm losing. I'll take 475 for that many games, mainly because it's better than you two. So that's really it. Oh, because beating me should be a thing you strive for. Jim, Jim in low volume uh, had a 462 winning percentage. Good job, Jim. Thanks, buddy. I'm pretty proud of myself. And I had, I think, the highest volume here. Nope, Alex did. Um, I had a 454 winning percentage. Um, I also went a little crazy in the final four, putting a little bit, a couple more bets than I usually would, but here we are. We are the champions, my friends. That was me. I'm pretty proud of myself. I'm okay with it. You did not do terribly, Jim. I'm proud of you. Thanks. So that leads us into the women's Final Four, Jim. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Wait for it. Final Four, the South Carolina beat Louisville 59-72. to UConn beat Stanford 63-58. to And in the championship, where I had a chance to win it all, but South Carolina beat UConn 64 to 49. I did watch part of that game, just so we're clear, until I, watched, I realized I watched the entire second half. Until I realized UConn did not have a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a chance for a very fleeting second at one point in the second half, but it quickly was taken away. Yeah. I think we should move along to the next part. Should we? I just didn't know if there was anything more from women's basketball that you wanted to get into as as, as an aficionado of the game. Go ahead, Muff. To what? Move on, you jerk. Uh, Moving along. Moving along to the bracket challenges. And the winners are... are the champions, my friends. Alex wins the men's side. Now the two-time, two-time, two-time champion. Having Kansas win... Coming in first place to a close second by Sam. And I think I was in third. I was nowhere to be found. Jim was at the bottom of the page. Um, Alex, what did Alex win? What did we say? Stickers? A sticker. A sticker? sticker. A sticker that Alex may already have? No, there's a new one. Actually, you'll probably yeah, get race. both of them. You get all of them. Yeah, we get two stickers. Our new stickers need to get out. They've been sitting on my desk. I just rearranged everything. Stickers will be out. Alex, do you have Nate's sticker? You know, I might get you the whole collection. That would be awesome. I don't think I have a single one yet. I still have a Nate sticker or two sitting in my truck whenever I go to tag people. Um, Yeah, we'll get them out. We'll get them out. 
We didn't have Eight. another contest now that you know things are winding down. Yeah. Mm. We well, did do another golf thing too. Oh. You got the clubs, what? Alex? What? You have clubs? Uh yeah, I mean I have access to clubs. We should we should do another golf outing. Let's do it. Go. I've never golfed yeah. in my life. You go Even... golfing though, correct? So? No, Alex has I'm been gonna... on a golf course to drink beer. I've played, I've played, I've gone to the driving range, played par three several times in my life, and I've ridden in the golf cart for the full bit, big course, but I got nervous and didn't play. Muff, is it possible to have, well, let's get through the winners first, and then we'll before, we'll, right. we'll finish up the contest thing. Yeah. New follower and listener at Ryan underscore peoples is the champ for the women's side. Winning. Oh, yeah. Winning gym. $64. $64. $64. Because we care about the women's bracket more than the men's, which is better than Mark can say. Mark Emmert. And because we're not sexist, Mark. As can be evidenced by the detailed breakdown we had at the women's championship game. Hey, we pay out better than he does. That's what matters to me. Mark Emmert, also a loser because, Jim? Because he referenced Kansas Jayhawks as the Kansas City Jayhawks. The champion of your freaking money-making tournament. You can't get that right. You are a moron. Yet again. What state is Kansas City in? It depends. There's two, right? Missouri, in this case. In this case, yes. That's basketball. It's time for the offseason. It is 148 days until NFL football starts. Every one of my intros sounds like I'm either dying or I've got to poop. No, you are in the middle of pooping. Um, It's the the act of pushing out an impacted poo. Um, (laughs) Work on that. Uh, so we've got two weeks worth of the off season to, uh, to cover here. We're not going to go super deep really in anything, but we're going to well, chat about, well, we do go deep in some of these topics, right? Later on though, not in the actual yeah. signings. Right. Uh, um, so for the past two weeks, we're looking two weeks ago, uh, Falcon sign running back Quadre Olison and wide receiver Auden Tate to one year contracts, adding a little depth in Atlanta for Marcus Mariota, who really doesn't have much sitting there at the moment, aside from Rusty Gage and those two. Uh, the Texans sign wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton to a one-year deal. The Saints sign Andy Dalton. Hey. Safety net for Jameis Winston, or is there a QB battle here? QB battle. Battle. No, so, safety net. Safety net? I think Jameis Winston is starting. I think he's making more money than Andy Dalton, which is usually the, like, to tell right he's making more money so he is probably the starter now i just think he's the starter period i would if you told me if you put those two guys in front of me and told me to pick one to start for my team i'd pick james winston okay jim uh i'm gonna start red rocket biased there's some 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 red hair bias going on here um uh, he started he started over justin field so he has to be really good um, speaking of the Bears, <laughs> they signed Trevor Simeon to back up Justin Fields. Definitely backing up Justin Fields. There's no battle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saints DB Malcolm Jenkins retires. Mm-hmm. 
How do you feel about that, Jim? As an Ohio State fan, he couldn't stay healthy towards the end, could he? It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. The Vikings re-signed quarterback Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. Saints re-signed wide receiver Traycon Smith. The Patriots acquire former wide receiver, wide receiver Devontae Parker, a player that has often injured and not met the expectations set forth by the Dolphins. Will this become another one of Bill Belichick's genius moves in the offseason? I you can't you can't decide right now. Yeah. You can't. Will this become? But, you have to look forward. You have to channel your inner muffnack. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think yeah. Devontae Parker is Yeah, really I'm going to go out there and say yes. He's good when he's good. Yeah, he's been injured a lot. That's been the problem. And I don't think going to New England is going to make him not get injured. But, you know, if he can stay healthy for a season, he may have a good good year in front of him. Okay. Uh, the Rams signed Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner to a five-year deal to join Leonard Floyd and Jalen Ramsey on defense that is only improving from last year. Are the Rams still atop your NFC standings only in the next year right now? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's any reason for them not to be. Right. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, nothing's shown me that they deserve to. And lastly, in the last week that was two weeks ago, Frank Gore will be retiring a 49er and joining the front office and retires as the third all-time leading rusher in NFL history and a 16-year NFL career as a running back. I was going to say it's about time. Jeez. Good on him. Frank Gore was also in a backfield with Willis McGahee. Yeah. Davenport, I think, was in that backfield at the U. And there was one other running back that he shared that was a major name. Uh, I forget. But anyway, he was there. Um Last week, starting on Tuesday, journeyman quarterback and Blake of the Year winner, Blake Bortles, is cut by the Saints. What makes him Blake of the Year? Pardon my take. Every, uh, for, I don't know how many years, Alex, three or four, five, maybe? Yeah, I don't uh I think probably the last three, at least. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> another podcast in the Barstool universe has the Blake of the Year, which is the, um, quite literally, a person named Blake, unless... Your name is Brooks Kepka, and then you're also in the Blake of the Year candidacy. Not necessarily only Blakes. Uh, but he's an honorary Blake. Uh, and <laughs> the competition every year, Jim, is they pick a random day <clears throat> where they call all three of the Blakes, Blake Griffin, Blake Bortles, Brooks Kepka, and whoever answers the phone quickest is the Blake of the Year. Oh, okay. I like that. That's cool. So um, where do we think he's going to end up? Cleveland. Like, I mean, why not? They're taking everything. I feel like, unfortunately, coming up later, he may end up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't coming, want to say that. Yeah. 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 I don't think that makes the most sense right now, if, yep. if the money's right. Um, on Wednesday, Stefan Diggs signs a four-year extension with the Bills, locking Mark. him up. Xavier Howard signs a five-year contract extension with the Dolphins. Showing the Dolphins truly care in this one. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Xavier Howard's last deal being very club-friendly, um, and it was a bad deal for him, whether it was because his agent or whether it because whatever. Um, so this is good. Good for Miami, taking care of one of their own. And lastly, on Wednesday, Blaine Gabbert re-signs with the Bucks to do Tom Brady's homework. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Going into Thursday, the Texans hey. re-signed Brandon Cook. Oh, Alex, yes. Oh, no, I was just going to say, if I'm going to have to sit behind someone, I'm Tom, I'll sit behind Tom Brady and get paid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And Blake Gabbard has been a lifelong backup. So oh, yeah. this is this is a role he's very comfortable with. Uh, on Thursday, the Texans re-signed Brandon Cooks, leaving many to question, are the Packers going to sign anybody at wide receiver to come to Green Bay? They paid Aaron Rodgers all their money. Not, not really. It was it was oh, semi-friendly. I just don't if Brandon Cooks isn't gonna leave Houston, Houston, Houston to go to Green Bay, I don't think there's many people left. All right, good, good conversation. Uh, Glad you guys have opinions. I, like, I have thought about this whole receiver thing in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. I'm very perplexed by it. They got Aaron to stay. And now he, no weapons will stay. And it's not because they won't pay them? Or is it that they won't pay them? Why would you not want to be catching balls from Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, that's right. But why would Aaron Rodgers stay if he didn't think that they were going to pay his receivers? This has always been the problem, right? Well, But, like, he had the chance to leave. He had the chance to leave the problem. But he did not. It's very perplexing. Whole situation is odd. So um, we will see. We will see. And over the weekend, the Bucks resigned Giovanni Bernard, and Baltimore signs middle linebacker Josh Burns to a one-year deal, and defensive end Calais Campbell to a two-year deal. Over the weekend, Jim, that was your little tidbit. Well, they were doing that to uh, make up for the fact that Wagner went to the Rams. Were they courting Wagner? Yes. Okay. Yes. There's the answer. All right. Questions still remaining or conversation to be had. Uh, the first is, what's going on in Tampa? A couple weeks ago, in a shocking move to most, I mean, I didn't have no idea this was potentially going to happen. Uh, Bruce Arians. Yeah, I didn't and, have no idea. Yeah, zero idea. Bruce Arians. I didn't have no idea that was about to happen. <laughs> Yes, yes, Alex. No idea. You didn't have no idea. No. Um, announced his retirement as head coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the organization has come out and hired defense former defensive coordinator of the Bucks, Todd Bowles, who will be the team's new coach, and naming co-defensive coordinators in Larry Foote and Casey Rogers, making for all the major coaching positions being filled by black men, which I believe has to be the first time in history. Yeah, I would say so. Question that comes out after this is Did Tom's return to Tampa have anything to do with this? Or is this Arians just saying, It's my time to bow out? But he is staying with the organization in a front office role. It's like a consultant. So, what are our thoughts here, Jim? Uh, and the name's escaping me. I apologize. The receiver that uh, quit mid game, damn it. Antonio Brown. Thank you. Antonio Brown, I think, wore. Uh, Aaron's down. I think that situation was very trying on him. And I think he was like, ah, I'm done with such co- head coaching shit. I mean, if Ouch. they're offering him good money to stay and be a big part of the team, but not have to deal with the day to day hassle, like Arians has had a good coaching career. He might just be like, you know what? Let's call it. I think it's weird timing with getting Brady back. I think it would make more sense to me if they were like, if after this year, Brady says, hey, this really is my last year. And then he's like, yeah, me too. 
So I've heard two theories, none of which is any more true than the other. Where do you hear them, Shefty? Theories? I hear theories everywhere. I make them up in my head. I hear them from other podcasts. I, uh, is it from the other voices in his head? It, it's it's a combination of the information that I'm able to gather, and then I come up with alternate theories. Um, so that's how I do this. Go ahead. Anyway, the two theories are, one, that this was a condition of Tom coming back, uh-huh. that Bruce would be, not be the head coach for whatever reason, whether they didn't get along as well as it seemed on the outside. Um, Bruce is a hothead. He likes to have control. That's always been one of his things. And Tom Brady, as we know, likes to um, have his stamp on the game plan. Uh-huh. So was that an issue? And Tom's like, hey, I'll come back. But eh, I like Bruce, but not as my head coach. So that's one theory. The second is, is that Bruce Arians was willing to stay on for next year in a growing year because he had nothing to prove. And if he got fired at the end of the year, it wasn't a big deal to him to pave the way for somebody like Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich to take the helm after the regrowing period had happened because he didn't want to leave them with the team as a head coach that was going to tarnish their record in the first few years and put them in a situation that was a no win, or at least a not likely to win. Those are the two theories that I have come up with and heard. If Tom didn't come back, Bruce was going to stay coach because he knew there were tough times ahead and he didn't want to put another coach if they were promoting from within in that situation to not be in a good position to win. Do, do the other coaches, like, does he care? He's staying with the team, so I have to think he cares to some degree. It's not like he's leaving. Well, then what are we altogether. talking about with these? Okay. Not not care about the team, but does he care about – why does he care so much about someone else looking back? I, I don't like that other one. I don't like the second theory. I'm sorry. Why, Jim, why don't you like? One. Why don't you like it? I don't. I'm with Alex. I don't think he gives a shit. So this is. So do you have any alternate theories to my alternate theories? No, I think your first one was good. I think that's pretty solid. I think you know, Gronk's even talking about coming back. Like, I'm okay with that theory. I don't think Tom really did like playing with Bruce. I still think AB and that. I think Bruce had a bigger role in the AB situation than everybody's letting on. I, I could be just bought into the AB thing. I don't watch a lot of AB TikToks lately. So, but I, I just don't think Tom and, and Bruce got along as well. I like that theory. Do you think something weird and nefarious is going to come out between AB and Bruce Arians? Anyone? I do. Before it happened, I do. I'm. I, I lean that way. Okay. I think if something like that was going to come out, it would have come out already. What are uh, they? What is? What? Who's waiting for what? Like AB could be waiting to get it signed to another team, but more to come on that later. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. In uh, other NFL news, high requirements in the Rooney Rule has been amended. Yeah, and you can try to abbreviate that, but good luck. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to this. I will try. All 32 NFL teams will hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the 2022 season, um, unless they already have somebody in a role that's commensurate with that, um, which is part of a series of policy enhancements to address the league's ongoing diversity efforts. Um, this coach can be a female or a member of an ethnic or racial minority to meet 
to meet this requirement. Uh, this is according to the policy adapted by the NFL owners during their annual meetings. And this will be paid, this position will be paid from a league-wide fund. So it's not something that the organizations themselves have to go through and pony up the money to make happen. <laughs> the coach must work closely with the head coach and the offensive staff with the goal of increasing minority participation in the pool of offensive co coaches that eventually produces the most sought after candidates for head coaching positions. So we all know past five, 10 years, head coaches have come more through the offensive ranks than the defensive ranks. Um, there's a lot of discussion about why black head coaches come up through the defensive ranks and why they don't come up as much through the offensive ranks. It ties just as this ties very closely and deeply with the history of black quarterbacks in the NFL. So all sort of interwoven a little bit is the reasons why um, some of the reasons why Jim, you have a weird face. I want to understand why. Uh, go ahead. Moff. I'm going to let you keep going. And then I will, I will do my thing. Okay. Also added women to the language of the Rooney rule at all levels, which had not been, present previously. Uh, we will now read that women and or people of color can satisfy the requirement to interview two extra minorities for top positions, including head coach. Uh, women not, are not required to be interviewed, but they are now included in the fulfillment process of um, filling this position. It is possible the team could interview, this is what was reported, two white women for an open head coach position to satisfy the Rooney rule and then make a hire without ever interviewing a person of color. Um, but from a practical standpoint, people that are looking at this rule say that's unlikely to happen. Um, Pete Carroll has come out um, saying that this is not going to improve anything until the owners accept candidates out there that are different from themselves. Pete Carroll has been outspoken in this, has been, I think, from the start uh, in a lot of these position fillings. So Pete Carroll continues to be a sp outspoken voice um, saying that the NFL needs to do more. This is what I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tread very, I'm, I'm going to, I'm sorry, basically is what I'm going to say first to my colleagues and I'm probably going to put my ass, probably going to put my ass in the ringer myself. This is what I think happened. I think Roger got into a meeting with uh, the owners and said, listen, we're taking a lot of flack on diversity. We got to do something. So what are we going to do? And the owners pitched their rules and everybody had to circle around. And he's, and Roger said, listen, you have to hire one. You have to hire a minority. And the owners went, well, we'll hire women. And Roger said, all right. All right, guys, you racist bastards. You can't just go hiring women. That's not what I meant. I mean, you gotta like open your fucking minds. And let's look at the whole picture. Let's hire the best candidate, but let's keep diversity and, and, and check here, fellas. All right, we'll hire two women. No, you morons. <laughs> we'll interview two women. Yeah, we'll interview two women. You're right. You're right, Mop. I was giving them way too much credit. Okay? Because even we're still hearing rumors and scuttlebutt of other situations where the interview process was rigged. It was still came out this week. I think while I love the fact that we are trying to make some sort of stride, I don't think that I'm with uh, Pete Carroll here that until ownership changes, it's not going to make a damn bit of difference to say a female member or a 
a member of ethnic or racial minority will work closely with the offensive staff and the head coach. That's not the actual issue. I understand that that comes from the defensive side of, of the of the game historically. It's not the problem. Head coach or the ownership is the problem. They're the ones making the decisions. I, they're racist. Like I'm just gonna say it. It's a bunch of racist guys with a lot of money who don't really have to do anything because they have a lot of money. That's all. I'm sorry, Moth. I told you I said I was sorry before. But this rule is like, it's great, but it's, it's so in your face, stupid. It's great, but it's stupid. There's that clip it right there. There's the clip. Yeah, I was just that pretty much summed it up. It's possible that a team could interview two white women for a head coach to satisfy the Rooney rule. But it's from a practical standpoint, it might not happen. It probably won't happen because there's not enough women out there to get that job done. That's why it's not practical. Alex, any thoughts? I never really thought about it like Jim's perspective until just now. I just thought kind of like good on them for including other people in the conversation. Um, pass. <laughs> Sorry. Pass. That's okay. Pass. Pass. All right, Jim. What what do we just talk about? What do we what do we just talk about? We talked about stupidity. You want me to change this to stupidity? This is the intern segment. Wow, chicka, wow, wow. Sorry, I just added that one on. Just happened. This is the interns. That time when <laughs> We uh, have provided some stupid intern tasks for our less than intelligent interns. I think in most cases, at least in my case, that's that's true. I can't speak to both of yours, but hey, Randy, he's pretty smart. There you go. That's what I'm saying. I'm only speaking to my intern. What'd you say, Alex? Max questionable at best. It's questionable at best. Kev is Kev's a dummy. Um, so we've we're we're going back in time here a little bit uh, in these intern tasks. So. Um, Anybody, anybody have any interest in starting it off here? I'll do it. Jim's going to talk about Let Randy. me bring Randy in. Randy, come on in. <coughs> well, uh, last week's task went to uh, shit because Jim uh, got me sick. Uh, so I sat around playing with my air fryer and experimenting. I was watching some uh, NASCAR. Uh, I saw that dang old brawling Xfinity series. Y'all see that? Muff, did you see that? did see that it uh, is exactly as I would expect a brawl in NASCAR to look. I tell you what, Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs, uh, I believe he's a grandson of Joe Gibbs. He's an owner. Uh, Gibbs comes up to have a conversation and uh, Meyer pushes him. Gibbs throws a punch and boom, we got a fight in the pits. Problem here is uh, Mayer had no protection and uh, Gibbs was all Jimmy had it up with his helmet. Okay. Now, after the interview, Mayor call, said, is that what they call helmets in NASCAR? That's what I'm calling a helmet. Why you got a question? Let, let's let it ride. Okay. Let it ride. Okay. All right. After the uh, kerfluffle, uh, Mayor <laughs> has an interview, right? And old boy's eye is all swolled up and cut. 
All right, because it's a fight. You, you figure that's how it goes down. But he says he's just fixing to keep his head down going forward, and he's just going to race. If you'd have kept your head down, you probably wouldn't have had that there black eye, son. He also says that Gibbs' punches are weak as hell. Not hell, but hell. You know what else is weak as hell? Or you know what's not weak as hell? I apologize. This week's recipe. I got a spicy one coming for you, Muff. I'm going to put it on the social medias. It's going to be some spicy meatballs. Is it going to quite literally be spicy meatballs? Quite spicy, spicy meatballs. meatballs. Not with meatballs. Some, meatballs. With some mystery meat. Is that- I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> I also want to apologize to Mac. I missed the trip. You can blame Jim and his crotch goblins for getting me sick. Is what? Is what? You heard me. Does Jim's <laughs> wife know about this? Shh. Okay. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Matthew. Uh, so I, uh, I, I hear your apology, Jim, and I, I appreciate it. I know how things can be, but we won't repeat it because I don't want the Mrs. Jim to get mad. All right, so first of all, my week started in Qatar. That's where they're going to play the, the soccer, the World Cup, and uh, it's a desert. Did not see that one coming when I got out there. It is a little desert peninsula off uh, Saudi Arabia, and uh, unfortunately, from the months of June to September, the temperatures can get as high as 122 degrees. Thank God we're not playing soccer from June to September because we would be screwed. So we're playing in November. So it should cool down to about 63 degrees. And the good news is there's really never any precipitation over there. So we shouldn't have to worry about the rain for anything. So I said, I'd bring back a couple fun facts. So uh, we have one fun fact. The capital city was once a purling center in the world. A what? Purling. Like like the pearls, like that you get your mama or your or your old lady. Pearls. A pearl pearls. necklace, huh? Yeah, like uh, like the yeah pearl necklace, uh huh. So uh, now they've kind of switched more to like the nat- natural gas. I almost said national gas. They might got national gas. I don't know. That's kind of private. The natural gas business. Uh, and another fun fact: it's just a little bit smaller than the state of Connecticut. Yo, Connecticut. Yo, it's caviar. Y'all ever been to Connecticut? No, I can't, can't say I have, Kev. I go there every winter to get some skiing in. It is the best. That all you got, Mac? That all you got to say, Mac? Oh. Nothing else from Cutter you want to talk about? No, I think uh, I'm think I uh, I'm good there. I'm going to pass it on to you, man. Oh, okay. So... Listen, I've been screwing up. Must been getting on my case. I'm an idiot. Eh, debatable, but you know, sometimes I can agree. So what I was supposed to do this week, I was supposed to go to the final four two weeks ago, obviously. I was to do what I could to replace the confetti for the winners with the opposite team's colors, which for Muff would have been pretty funny since North Carolina got their asses kicked in the second half. <laughs> He told me to be a little more conspicuous, no more fuckadel shirts and stuff like that. So <laughs> I just wore a normal shirt. 
just wore a normal shirt this time and just, you know. Good job, Kev. Kind of blended in, blended in with the crowd. Um, couldn't get to the confetti, but because I knew it would mean something to Muff, I stayed away from the confetti. I thought that was a little too high profile. But I did make a change to mock Emmett's speech. I figured out a way to get to his piece of paper. Y'all may have heard this after the game. I wrote in Kansas City on that sheet, and that jabron called him the Kansas City Jayhawks. <laughs> Kev, Jim was not happy about that. No, I'm very happy that he did that to, to Mark. That's well done. Well done hilarious. Kev. Now Mark looks like a jackass, which he is, but, you know, sometimes you just got to make well things done. happen for the people. Well done. I also, unfortunately, have a confession. I got to make the muff about a- the Tar Heels players and slipping on the court and shit. <sighs> I may have got messed up about who was scoring and which end of the court and where people were going and may have put some slippery oil on the dudes that wipe down the floor. You know, the guys that go in there with the towels and wipe out where people sweat and stuff like that. I may have put it on the wrong side and the North Carolina guys may have fell because of me. But I think I redeemed myself with what Mark Emmett did. So I'm sorry, Mark. No more fucking Dell t-shirts. No, I, I'm going to stay away from basketball from now on. So it'll go give me any NBA tasks. So let's just, let's just go from there. Okay. Okay. Thanks guys. Muff, how do you Thanks, feel about Kev. that? You know, Kev, Kev, Kev definitely did. He definitely dunked on Emmer at the end, which was nice, but uh, not, not happy about Kev. Kev potentially causing some issues in the court. Just Kev got the buzzer from the game? game game's over. Game <laughs> over, apparently. Uh, but looking ahead to next week. Kev, we told you not to hit that while we're recording. Yeah, come on, guys. I'm over here playing like Scattergories or something, and I'm writing all the things down, and the little beeper goes off. And like I say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a knowledgeable guy. I like to play the word games. Um, like, fuck Alex, that's a word game. Um <laughs> Uh, Kev, we're, we're done. We're done now. Okay, oh, I'm done. How All much longer right, do we have him? Kev may not make it to football season. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what he does. Maybe he can do something to sabotage the Pirates. Ooh, Ed, they don't need any help with that. So anyway, next week's tasks. Um, I'll start out with Kev. Kev just needs to be better. I really don't care at this point what he does. Um, he just needs to better be a better human being, maybe do some humanitarian efforts from philanthropic work, uh, give to charities, but uh, really he needs to do everything within his reach to get as far away from me in the zip code that I reside as possible. So that's, that's my only direction for Kev next week. Where's okay. what's Mac doing? What's Mac doing, Alex? I think uh, I'll go as I think there's a buzzer going off. Um, I, uh, I'm going to have Randy do some research into beer Olympics. I would like to know the history of beer Olympics. Uh, I want to know if we can start our own beer Olympics and uh, maybe work with Kev. Maybe we can start a charity beer Olympics. Yo, I'm all about the beer Olympics. (laughs) So uh, we'll see what happens. So I, uh, Hmm. I know that this is more Randy's, randy's bag usually um with the weird sports and stuff but when um mac was in qatar researching he found out that they do a lot of camel racing over there okay 
he was very stressed about the weather and stuff. So he didn't have time to look into it. So I think I'm going to send him on a little return trip to talk to some camel racers. And I think that he's going to come back. What kind of budget do we have here? I think a little bit more into the same budget that you have to send yours to the final four. You've been to to cut her twice. Well, well, I'm just saying that. I'm ready to put the or uh, Kevin to put the buzzer down. He's, he's going to need to put the game and away let, and let Alex live. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to. We're using the budget. We got an intern budget for a reason. So he's going over there to Cutter. Is it Cutter? People that I know that have been right. there call it Cutter. Okay. You we'll know people that have been there. All right, Muscle, big ball in you right now. Okay. Well, aside from Mac. I know other people have been there. Well, I'm sending Mac back and he's going to come back and talk about camel races. Okay. And that was stupid intern tasks. Doo, 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 doo. This is Quick Thoughts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's edition of Quick Thoughts. We will start this week in the NFL. Uh, I think we start get it out of the way with some more tragic news. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, Dwayne Haskins has died early Saturday morning after being struck by a dump truck walking on a South Florida highway at 24 years old. I'm going to just give you guys opportunity to talk, Jim. So a lot of hubbub. Shefty puts out uh, his release where basically kind kind of cast shade on his NFL career. He deletes that one and then praises, basically praises him, does a redo. Um, he catches a lot of flack from a lot of people for his first tweet. Um, we could talk about that, go back and forth, Muff. The other thing I want to talk about is, man, Dwayne Haskins caught a lot of love from a lot of NFL players and fans. Um, I tweeted a bunch of stuff from the, the, the account. Crazy to me that at 24 years old this happened really sad i can do the whole high stake thing i don't it's not really what i want to do um just a young kid life cut short so t's and p's to his circle friends family teammates but i do want to have that conversation with muff about the uh the shifty thing okay go on I understand. I, I, thought, I have thoughts. I understand where Shefty was coming from. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time and place for being the first one to like report the news. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think that was the situation. He was trying to be quick about it. There were a lot of things happening in his day. Shefty's made a lot of quick, quick calls without putting a lot of thought between his, his tweets. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, that's, that's the, the burden of being the first one to knock through the door, right? You yeah. take, you take the hit. If something yeah. doesn't go right, you're the one that takes the hit. So Shefty's, you know, made a career. I mean, really one of the original people to make a living out of this um, when you think of in the social media age. Um, so this is not uncommon to him. I mean, I did see he read, he deleted and then put it back out and, you know, NFL, former NFL players like Ryan Clark, Marcus Spears, that he works with regularly at ESPN did come out and be like, hey, he's reached out to the right people. He's done his thing. And then 
and people are giving him a hard time about not like coming out with a full-fledged apology but it sounds like he's done his like personal apologies that people have received so that's i don't think it's his business to have to tell the world that he apologizes to the fans like that's not what he should have to do no, i agree yeah. i'm not i'm not going to condemn the man i will say like he does have a history of, of screwing the pooch he and like you said first one in the door takes all the shit but he does have a history and i think i hope he learns from this like in these situations you should probably walk carefully Especially when it comes to death. Like, someone dies, how about we just tweet the good shit? Right, and I don't disagree. Um, but the same people that can, well, condemn and or spit the fire back at Shefty about why would you say that his NFL career didn't go well? Well, it hasn't. I mean, that's that's truth. I understand it's not the best thing to do in light of the situation. Um, but I also then... For all the people who say, well, don't talk about him. Why aren't you talking about what type of person he was? You know, his charitable efforts, like teammate, blah, blah, blah. That's all fine and well. Then let's take it all the way from sports. And I also don't want to hear the same people that, um, you know, celebrate him as an Ohio State legend. I don't want that to be the only thing coming out of people's mouths all the same. Absolutely. Like, I agree with like, that. You, gotta, you, can't, you can't play both sides. Say, I want to hear about the good things about football, but I don't want to hear about the bad things. Um, I or I want to hear about how he was as a person, not as a – you can't have all those ways. Um, but yeah. I agree. Shefty, Shefty needs to maybe woe hand a little bit on this type of stuff. I will say there are a lot of cool tributes, a lot of cool – from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day to, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, I thought. And you know I talk a lot of shit on Ben Roethlisberger. His, his statement was great. Uh, Claypool, a lot of Steelers. Made a lot of great statements. Uh, Claypool also got put through the ringer on his stuff too, but I like the way he handled it. Yeah. Um, the one that got me was there was a uh, Ohio State band member playing the violin, Carmen Ohio, outside of the stadium memorial. I, the room got dusty. <laughs> the room got dusty. I didn't think it would, but as soon as I clicked the sound, I was like, "Oh, oh snap!" But again, real sad. Young kid had a lot of life, cut way too short. All right, I didn't. I didn't even buzz you guys. I let you go. Felt like that was an important topic. We got it out there. Now we'll move on with the more upbeat topics. Antonio Brown. That's upbeat. <laughs> sure. I mean, not upbeat, but something I'm willing to buzz you on and or interrupt when needed. He needs a buzzer. That's what he needs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just buzz him. Antonio Brown shares that he will get surgery if a team signs him so that he's ready to go. Do you see a team taking this chance physically and for it, all the other baggage that comes along with him by moving forward and signing him? Muff? No. At this point, no. Antonio Brown, no team is going to sign him until he passes a physical. No team is going to offer him a contract until they know that he's healthy. So I do not see a team doing this unless – Unless the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers are willing to take a big old risk. Green Bay I, or Atlanta? Green Bay or Atlanta? I don't know. I think he might be part of canceled culture. <laughs> I think he's canceled. I don't think you can cancel him. He's tried. He's tried. <laughs> he's tried to cancel himself. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> let's, yes, we'll move on. Quick thought through this. Colin Kaepernick put on a throwing drill at the halftime of the Michigan spring game. 
is there a team that will sign Kaepernick in the NFL? Similar question to our last one, or does he need to take a chance in the USFL or another league first? Jim? That's a half and half. That, that's a hornet's nest you just threw at me, and that's a muff move. Um, is there a team that will sign Kaepernick in the NFL? Maybe. I think there's a possibility. Um, does he need to take a chance in the U.S.? Yeah, I think he should. If he doesn't, if he wants to play, he should take whatever shot he can to play. If that's his desire and the money's right, throwing a ball at the Michigan spring game, like in the okay, all right. He was thrown. He was thrown to air. Uh, there were some people who were saying that the. The receivers should be the ones getting looks after that, not Kaepernick, but uh, neither here nor there. Um, I do think that Kaepernick, just, if he if he is truly invested in playing football, he needs to take whatever opportunities are available to him. When you think of stories like Kurt Warner, Tommy Maddox, um, that made their way to the NFL, I understand they didn't make their way back to the NFL. They made their way to the NFL um, in non-traditional routes, then if he really wants to play football, then he needs to, I think, show the commitment to the game and not just expect to have an NFL deal waiting for him. Word. Moving on to the commanders. Dum, 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 dum. We are commanders. <laughs> Taking money from their other owners. Information comes out that Dan Snyder and now included is his wife, Tanya Snyder, have been withholding money from the league and other owners in regard to ticket sales. Is this the last draw for an owner in the NFL to finally get ousted by his billionaire colleagues? Muff. Yes, 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 and yes. Oh, you have all these other issues, Dan. Oh, you weren't running a clean operation, Dan. Oh, we can look past that because we have our own faults, Dan. Um, Oh, you put your wife in charge. Oh, okay, Mrs. Snyder. Maybe you can rein Dan in. Oh, and by the way, the now commanders were had two separate books, bookkeeping methods, so that they could take money from the other owners. Oh, no, no, no. Now we've got a problem. You've taken money out of our pockets. Now you got to go, Dan. No, because he, he's not the only owner that's doing it. It's my guess. If, And that's the same reason that you just said. Other owners have probably done all the shit that he's done, and this is just another trick that he's been caught on. He's just dumb enough to keep getting caught. Look, Congress is investigating him. <laughs> they just keep finding, they just keep finding pots of gold at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> I just think eventually, like they won't, they won't cut him, but eventually they'll just beat him with a sock full of nickels. <laughs> all right. Let's move to former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes and former defensive coordinator Ray Horton, who have joined Brian Flores' race discrimination class action lawsuit against the NFL and various teams. Thoughts on this entire situation, Jim? Monumental is the only word I can think of for this. I think a lot of people, I heard pundits say they thought that Brian Flores would be on an island with this. To have two other coaches, especially a former head coach, join this, especially with other rumors that there are practices that were shady, I think that this adds more validity to the argument. 
I I hear that Muff. It's good that Brian that he's not the only one. I think that now that Brian Flores made his way into another position, I think people are more willing to get on board with him, realizing that oh, you can still get a job if you come out and say that there were issues in your in your role, whenever that was. Um, Steve Wilkes obviously was a head coach. Now he's he's a defensive passing game coordinator and secondary coach for the Panthers now. So, I mean, he's definitely fallen from uh, from that pedestal as the head coach. I don't remember him being a head coach, if I'm being real honest. Um, and defensive coordinator, that's just another position that, unless it's a team that I know, I'm probably not going to know who that was. So, I don't know. Interesting to see how this plays out and if there's any others that jump on board. Word. The NFL is pushing for flag football to be in the Olympics in the summer of 2028. Would you like to watch that muff? I see it on social media every day. These seven on seven drills where high school kids get in each other's faces on the line and then try to make viral content because they pushed a guy down or broke somebody's ankles. I, I don't want to see this in the Olympics. If I'm being honest, I don't want to see flag football in the Olympics. Jim. I think this is yet another brilliant move by Roger Goodell to put distractions and feel good stories on top of a giant pus ball that is the NFL. I love it as far as the chess game that is Roger Goodell. I think it's brilliant and why he has the job that he has. And yeah, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, I'd definitely watch it. Take it or leave it. Baseball is back, baby. Last Thursday was opening day, and unless you really, really love baseball, you probably didn't even notice, Jim. Because of the holdout, opening day was the same day as the Masters opening round. Do we think MLB did this on purpose, or is this another blunder from Rob Manfred and baseball? Jim? Oh, it's a giant blunder. It's the reason why baseball is the way it is. Um, I don't think this is some conspiracy theory. You got them back and you don't just make the biggest deal of it, like to try to get eyeballs on your product. This was a goof. I said the same thing, but Muff. (laughs) Uh, I would love to say that Rob Manfred is smart enough to be like, ah, I want to lay low key on opening day of baseball because we just need to, we need to ease into the season because of what happened in the off season. I would like to say that he's smart enough to think that even if it's not a good idea, that at least goes through his mind, but no, they just screwed up Um, because of the holdout. It was on the first day of the masters, which I think is the second most taken off day from work in the United States behind like the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament weekend uh, basketball tournament. So yeah, blunder for Manfred blunder for baseball. Good news is they have 150 some games left to redeem themselves with yeah, at least you had 10%. One, you had one opening day to really hype it up. Oh, they did. They screwed up every year, though. I know. NBA, this league. Ben Simmons has filed a grievance over the $20 million that he wasn't paid this season while he and the 76ers could not come to an agreement on moving him or extending his contract. Will this action help or hurt players in the future? Muff? I, I think if he gets something from this and there is some level of payment, it, I think it sets up a dangerous precedent for the NBA that you can hold out 
refuse to play and still get money because the team's not willing to do what you want them to do. I think if something goes in favor of Ben Simmons on this, it is a drastic pendulum swing, even more so than the NBA already is a player's league. I think this is taking it too far and then we need to have a pendulum swing starting backwards in favor of the league and the general managers and the owners. Jim? I don't think it hurts the players. I, I really could care less. If I do want my honest God opinion, like, they're going to make their, their money. This one is not – I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm going to take the L on this one. I don't care about this. Fair enough. Last quick thoughts topic we have here is about the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers will not be making the playoffs. Is Jim willing to admit that Muff was right about the geriatric Lakers and that they were never going to make this happen? Is it my turn? I think it is. Cleveland's in the playoffs, baby! Deflect, deflect, deflect. <laughs> Let's go, Cleveland. <laughs> this is a major deflection because I've Let's never heard Jim Cleveland. ever talk about Cleveland yes, basketball. I think Unless it was back. LeBron. Who, maybe, oh, maybe three. I. Oh. I was just about to say back to his Ohio Homer uh, status. You count Cleveland as a part of Ohio now? That's right. He did it, for name, the Browns. I would like to name Thank three, you, Thank would, you, Alex. I would like to name three players on that team. Kevin Love. Good. That was good. <laughs> Great. Good job. Glad that we could come to this conclusion that Jim has not Kevin watched Love, any games. Love, comma, Kevin, K dot Love. Exactly. Dame Dahl is not on that team, Jim. Love, do you have anything to say about the situation? I was right. I was right. I was right. And I don't know how many points to give out this week. We just wrote it through. So, no, was... no, no. We had the off week last week. Give out some points. All right. I give Jim a point for his discussion of Dwayne Haskins. I think you did a nice job summarizing that. Thank you. I give, hold on, let's go back all the topics real quick and think. I'll give him off a point. <laughs> Um, for agreeing that Antonio Brown's career is dead. I will give... I think that's it. Those are my two points. You should get one point. That's fair. Okay. That wraps up quick thoughts. In athletics, there's Mount Rushmore. You've heard of the GOAT. This is Mount Massive! Mount Massive has exploded onto the scene this week. So this is the new segment where we tell you our top five in a, in a category that we like. And uh, the category that we like today is the top five golfers of all time. I'll start because I want to be quick about it and uh, give you a little reasoning. Um, Jack Nicholas is my number one, quite frankly, because he holds the record. Uh, then Tiger. What record? The most majors. Okay. Let's make sure you're on the right plane here. Then Tiger Woods. Then Ar- Almer, uh, Arnold Palmer. I knew I was going to botch that. Then Ben Hogan. And then uh, John Daly, because why not? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Alex goes next. 
Okay, Alex, let's go next. Right. Okay. So my number one is Tiger Woods. Change the game. My number two is John Daly. Because of the same thing Jim said. Why not? He's funny. Jack Nicholas. Arnold Palmer, even though my dad did take down one of my pictures at the house and put his up in his place. And Michelle Wee. Go girls. Well done. I have a quick question for you, Alex. Yes. Can you name another female golfer? Not because I'm disregarding because Michelle Wee was good when she was in her prime. Is this just lack of options in your mind? Pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes. Alex, you should put Annika Sorenstam in there. Annika Sorenstam. Sorenstam. Gotcha. That, if that's, you should put her in there. Michelle, Wee. Michelle, Wee, broke Michelle yeah. Wee broke the barrier for women. Uh, no, Annika Sorenstam did. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. I stand by my choice. Just be, just before, before your time, Alex, before your time. Um, oh, I thought it was like recent. <laughs> just say, get off my back, Muff. Welcome okay. to my get club, Get off my Alex. back, Muff. Okay, it's my Mount Massive. That is your Mount Massive. I just wanted to make sure that uh, it wasn't just choosing Michelle Wee for lack of options. And it's Michelle Wee West now as well. She's married. Um, See what I mean? Just say get off my back. The wee woo waha woo West. Go ahead, Muff. Okay, my top five: Jack Nicholas, uh, for obvious reasons, most majors. Uh, his impact on the game, not just as a golfer, but what he's done afterwards with his charitable efforts, as well as uh, golf course design. Next, Tiger Woods. <clears throat> Again, all of the barriers that he has just destroyed in his career, um, as well as just his uh, his grittiness and toughness to come back from what many others would probably not be willing to come back from. Um, here's the first new name I have, Seve Ballesteros. Um if you ever get the opportunity, the golf channel, I believe it is special, like a special movie on him, um, came from nothing. Dirt poor was one of those people that, um, used like a stick with something to hit a ball in like the sand, um, and became a champion, a major champion, um, and helped grow the game in Europe, especially for the common person. So, uh, the John Daly of Europe, just like, 30 years before. Think of him in that way. Um, next, I have Bobby Jones. Bobby Jones is actually the person who found the Masters Golf Club, like as far as like that, that entity. Um, he retired from golf early on in his life, was a practice, practicing attorney. And if you've ever seen The Legend of Bagger Vance with Will Smith in it, Bobby Jones is one of the golfers that is highlighted in that movie playing in that tournament. Um, He's also the only player to have ever won at that time the Grand Slam in one year, which was the British Open and British Amateur and U.S. Open and U.S. Amateur all in the same year before the major championship structure we have today. And lastly, Arnie Palmy alert, Arnie Palmy alert, Arnold Palmer. <laughs> you guys are all last one. Uh, again, impact on the common on the game for the common man. Um, Arnold Palmer was John Daly before John Daly um, coming from the steel city of Pittsburgh. Um and had a little bit of that Seve as well. So there's my Mount Massive of golfers. And we get to name drinks after. Exactly. All right. So if any of you loyal listeners want to argue with this, hit us up in the DMs. Next week, we'll bring you a new list of our top five of something. And that is Mount Massive. Which leads us right into the end of this episode. We have 139 days left till college football starts. Jim's bet with Vegas is still 
a lot. 59% chance of uh, them making the playoffs. I'm super pumped. Well, Muff, they, have I, to win. they have to win. Yeah, I'm still – there's a chance you got to get in there first, Muff. That's true. That's true. Muff, I have an announcement. Announce away. Um, starting – well, not starting. The Ohio State spring game. I have the opportunity. Shocker. I know. I have the opportunity to be on the field Saturday Ooh. for the Ohio State spring game. I will be taking pictures. I don't know if I'll have good cell service, but I will be putting the pictures up from the spring game on our social media. I'll be down in the, in the trenches, Muff. I'll tell you all about it. I'll let you know everything I see. I'm ready for it. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time for you. I might meet some, you know, famous people. <laughs> Alex, Alex, Alex just put the ultimate shade to you right there. You didn't even realize it. No, I didn't. What did you say, Alex? I said it'll be a good time for you. It will be. You should try oh, to get an Ohio State player to agree to come on the podcast. Uh, you know what? If I, I don't can, care if I will. Honestly, I hope it's like an end of the bench guy. I think that's our best bet. <laughs> I'll see what I can get done. I don't think we can offer any NIL opportunities that are that 50 bucks. appealing. They can become an intern. 50 it's bucks. It's unpaid. I'll see what I can get done, guys. So if you're a fan of the Scarlet Gray, turn on the alerts over the weekend for all of our social media. If you're not, stay away. Stay updated with what's going on all throughout the weekend on our social media at Sports Gym, Sports Gym Muff on Instagram and Twitter, Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff on Facebook. Get us on the YouTube. Jim's rocking a new computer. We're going to be doing more video content. It's an exciting time to be in the Loyal Listener Club. And as always, get excited for the baseball season. Right, Jim? Mm hmm. And you do this by telling a friend, making a friend, and being Be a friend.
Casey. <laughs> start over. This is a reason to start over. Let's go. Adjust the adjust the music levels in your headphones, Jim. Oh, it was loud. Yeah. I forgot how we did how we did it, and I'm like it just wasn't the settings were not right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't know what happened. I just like thought you was like coughing. No, 